Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444 Monday, January 11th. Today on the show, we will get you a quick preview of the national championship game coming up on Monday evening, the NFL's first super wildcard weekend. But of course, we start with the end of the Titan season at the hands of the Baltimore Ravens. The 440 is constructed every single morning for free for you by the Kingston Group. The Kingston Group is a Nashville-based custom home and luxury remodeling firm. You, the audience, are at the center of every decision that we make at 440, and the Kingston Group functions in the exact same way. It's why we've partnered together. I would never tell you to use a product or a service that I didn't use in my life with my family. And my wife and I are using the Kingston Group as we speak. Frankly, that's all you need to know, but don't take my word for it. Go check out the website, buildkg.com, and you decide for yourself. The Kingston Group, character and craftsmanship. The fifth chapter in the Ravens-Titans postseason saga was written on Sunday, and it won't soon be forgotten by anyone involved. The Ravens won 20-13 to advance in the NFL playoffs and ended the Titans season in a game that had basically everything you could ever want in a professional playoff game. It had history, it had emotion, it had questionable decision-making, it had drama, and it was personal. The Ravens clearly relished the victory. You could tell by the way Lamar Jackson talked after the game, the way Calais Campbell was talking before the game, and the way the Ravens danced on the Titans' midfield logo, even though there were still two minutes left to go in the game. Every playoff game matters and is hugely important. But this one just felt heavier, a weight that only comes with time and familiarity. The road team has won all five postseason battles between these two franchises over two decades of competition. No, this one clearly meant a lot more to both sides. Baltimore got critical stops all game long, and while they were helped on one fourth quarter drive by some questionable decisions by the Titans coaching staff, mostly the Ravens defense dominated the line of scrimmage, shut down Derrick Henry, and forced Ryan Tannehill into critical situations all afternoon. The Titans scored six points on their final seven possessions. The Ravens did what every rational Titans fan had been worried about all season long. They took the most important and best piece away from the Titans' offense and asked, can the rest of you beat us? Well, Henry finished with a season-low 40 yards on only 18 carries, and the last time Henry finished with 40 yards or less, Marcus Mariota was the starting quarterback. The Titans scored a season-low 13 points and a season-low, by a mile, 209 yards of total offense. And as we talked about on Friday, this team has been forcing its quarterback and its offense into difficult situations where it had to be perfect all year long to get W's, and asking it to do it again and again and again in the postseason was just not sustainable, especially against a very hot and really motivated Ravens team. You can latch on to the little things that are certainly of note. A bad series of play calls and decisions from the coaching staff on a fourth quarter drive, a bad read by Tannehill and subsequent turnover, A.J. Brown clearly had man-to-man coverage beat on the backside, or Corey Davis not being available for most of the second half. But I'm not sure what good that'll do you or why that would make you feel any better. Overall, the defensive game plan was sound. The Titans registered five sacks. It forced Lamar Jackson into lots of down-the-field situations, got two red zone stops, and created a turnover. It was the offense that failed this team, and not just because of a few bad decisions. This was always the concern. In the NFL playoffs, the best teams and coaches will take away what you do best and force you to use your entire roster. As I just said, 
the Titans did a pretty damn good job on defense of doing exactly this to Baltimore. The difference was Lamar Jackson made a few big plays that his team needed to win a dogfight of a football game between two evenly matched and bitter rivals. And like it or not, Ryan Tannehill did not. I know that makes it sound like all of this hangs on one player, and that's not true. It's not all on one player. It's not all on one coach, or it's not all on one decision. The entire offense got its ass whipped, at the point of attack in particular. And in the NFL playoffs, where almost everything is basically even, that was enough to keep the Titans from advancing. And look, I know that sounds harsh because there is so much to celebrate about this team. They accomplished things that haven't been accomplished in this city in over a decade. It's the best offense in Titans history and will be and should be celebrated for years to come. But right now, in the immediate aftermath, ultimately, they simply weren't good enough to cover up for their glaring weaknesses. And so, it falls to general manager John Robinson and head coach Mike Vrabel to continue searching for ways to make them better. Because this group has proven it clearly knows how to get to the postseason. Expectations have been raised. And from now on, simply getting there just isn't good enough. Alabama and Ohio State will hopefully duel it out tonight in the national championship game. If both teams are at full strength, then we should be in for an epic college football final. The Buckeyes should be able to score with Alabama, which isn't an easy thing to do, and only a few teams in America have the ability and the talent and the personnel to do that. But Justin Fields and the Buckeyes can, and he should have a chance tonight to sling it all around, trying to keep pace with the Crimson Tide's historically good offense. The question will be, which team gets the critical stop and which team gets the lucky bounce? To beat this Bama team, you will likely need to do both of those things in the fourth quarter, even if you play a near-perfect game in the first three. If the Buckeyes are shorthanded in any way along the defensive line due to COVID, then unfortunately, it is hard to see them hanging with Alabama for a full 60 minutes. Let's hope that everyone is at full strength and both offenses are in rhythm and that we get a close game deep into the second half, a game worthy of the first ever meeting between arguably the two best programs in college football history in the national championship game. I've got Alabama winning the national championship outright, but Ohio State plus the nine. I picked that up on Sunday. I also took the under, of course, 75 and a half, but as usual, go overtime. Outside of the outcome for our hometown professional football team, the first ever super wildcard weekend of football could not have gone any better. On Saturday, the Bills-Colts game featured an outstanding fourth quarter. The Rams pulled a huge upset behind a gutty performance from Jared Goff over Seattle on the road. Although, if he was capable of playing a game like that, it does make me wonder why he didn't just start the game in the first place. But I digress. Tommy and the Bucks sweated it out, but uh, eventually, of course, beat a bad Washington team and advanced. On Sunday, the Saints handled the Bears with relative ease, shutting down one of the hottest teams in the league, and the Cleveland Browns won a playoff game for the first time in 26 years. Next weekend's games are insanely good, too, and television executives have to be salivating. Brady at Breeze, Los Angeles, the second biggest television market in the world, against Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay Packers, and the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. Scheduled for 26 degrees this weekend. You got Baker Mayfield and the Browns against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And of course, Lamar Jackson versus the Bills Mafia. For all of the league's faults, and there are many, the one thing the NFL is unquestionably the best at, creating exquisite entertainment. And the move to a six-game super wildcard weekend in the playoffs is obviously good business. Yes, for a few years, you're going to hear fans of the number two seeds bitch and moan about missing out on the automatic buys. But once everybody's used to it, 
This super wildcard weekend with a couple of extra games is going to be viewed as a resounding success. Hell, after one year, it probably already is. The 440 is built every morning by the Kingston Group. Just like how we've built 440 Sports, the Kingston Group is locally owned and laser-focused on their clients' experiences and their budget, of course, and it's why my family uses the Kingston Group. Frankly, that's all you should need to know, but don't take my word for it. Go check out their work at buildkg.com, and you make the decision for yourself. The Kingston Group is a Nashville-based custom home and luxury remodeling firm, and the website, again, is buildkg.com. Thank you guys all for listening. I know Titans fans are disappointed right now, but it was still an exceptional season. I know it didn't end the way people wanted to, but never fear. There will be another year, just like there is in every sport. Thank you all for listening. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter. At Braden Gall will be back tomorrow on the 440. This has been the 440 for Monday, January 11th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.